Yeah. Yeah. You got a kind of meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Booked out because I just had a complaint from the building manager. It shouldn't be drinking. It shouldn't be drinking. It shouldn't be drinking. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of this. Of what? Health. Health. I'm sick of health. Sick of health. Welcome back. This is. The Sick of Health podcast again, and I'm very happy to say I am joined once again by our regulars, Dr. David Wright. Hello, it's good to be back. And Rob Littlewood. Hello, thank you for tuning in. How are we doing, lads? Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you both. Excellent. Very well, thank you, Joe. Yeah. Excited, ready and raring to go for another wonderful, engaging, interesting, superb podcast. You say educating? Nope, but I wish there I had. <laughs> Thank you for adding it on. Cool. So, today, if you two are happy with it, I would like to discuss the kind of very topical, I'm sure people have seen it in the news, and definitely interesting and definitely a big kind of debate, even a moral debate, on the topic which is prostate cancer. Mm. And I'm going to start with a little a story just to warm us up and I went to see this guy called Errol talk the other day um, and I honestly knew <laughs> honestly knew nothing about it at the time knew it was vaguely related to prostate cancer and kind of wanted to do a podcast before I go and this guy's story is pretty cool so this guy called Errol he's an Afro-Caribbean man who lives in Hackney London okay. and he uh, was in the GP surgery one day. I can't remember the reason why his wife had told him to go. To get, I think it was his snoring, in fact, to get asked the GP huh. about his snoring. He's sitting in the waiting room hmm. and sees one of these prostate cancer flyers um, saying you should get checked for prostate cancer. He sees this, thinks I'm here, it's just a blood test. Why not? Gets yeah. the blood test done, testing for PSA levels. Um, What's PSA? Prost- Prostate-specific antigen. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. And it's a marker of... So it's produced by the prostate normally. So everyone has it in their blood to varying degrees. But um, if you're more, if you have a higher amount, then you're mm. more likely to have prostate okay. cancer. All right. So, so he gets he gets tested, PSA test, comes back positive. So he's like, Christ, I've got, you know, prostate, at least cancerous tissue, whatever this test shows. Uh, so he then follow-ups, biopsies, further diagnosis. End result is... He, the doctors tell him he should have this pretty, or they give him the option in terms of you could have radiotherapy and we could try and kind of get rid of it or kind of the more radical option of surgery because it wasn't, it hadn't metastasized at this point. They caught it fairly early. Surgery, cut your prostate out or at least the cancerous tissue out, okay, which obviously has, for him, they said it will have some pretty severe results in terms of incontinence and stuff like that. So, wetting yourself essentially mm-hmm. um, and he was like no I'm going to do it let's cut it out let's do it so he did the surgery surgery went really well and it saved his life essentially okay. bottom line it's a good story cool story yeah so this bloke then goes back to his he works in a garage in Hackney car garage he goes back there he's obviously this has all happened to him he's just come back to work and he just starts you know, talking to people who come in, get their car serviced, and every now and then he's, he's just intrigued. Have you ever been tested for prostate cancer? Mm. They're kind of of that age. Most of them say no. So he starts offering a 20% discount to any man or 
Well, okay. Nanny comes in, old woman who then suggested to his husband comes in and goes and gets checked for prostate cancer. Really took really? it to heart. Yeah, exactly. So he's obviously, I guess, religious Represent. man. Or something like mm-hmm. yeah. Whatever yeah. you, whatever. He's gone 20% discount if you're going to check, go and get checked, mm. which is class. Love mm. that. And, and he says then at the end of this, I don't know the time frame, not too long. He says, currently, because of this 20% discount of people going to get checked, 48 men have found out they've got prostate cancer. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just from this, not even work, he's doing like part of his work, being a good bloke, offering a discount. The NHS will be subsidising his carriage in this Exactly, room. exactly. <laughs> and just a wicked way of, one, raising awareness, and two, yeah. helping people. Yeah. Mm. And I kind of, I guess the story itself is a wicked one. And the reason he brought it up, and the reason I hesitate there, because I was about to say a wicked way of raising awareness and saving lives. Mm. But the main conversation around prostate cancer at the moment is essentially, does screening actually save lives yeah it's a very controversial area so i guess kind of to you rob what is that in terms of you hear that story yeah and i know the first time i heard that story when i was listening i was like wow we saved 48 48 people's lives right no i i mean i I see exactly where you're coming from i think that he's not there's a chance there's a much greater chance of him saving 48 lives and if we can do, if anyone can do anything to increase those odds of saving a life, then that is that is obviously a good thing, a very good thing. So I, I see it like that. I do understand where you're coming from. I don't know anything about the screening, about the screening debate. But just just a, a first question that I have is, um, I think we're all quite naive at our age to be like, I mean, I certainly think I hear about this and. I know people who currently have or have had prostate cancer and they're all much older. Is there a point in your life where you're much more likely to get prostate cancer or is it something that we should be getting checked out for now in our 20s? So it's certainly something you get an increased chance of as you get older. So I think there are chances of getting it when you're younger, but from the ages of 50 onwards, then you should start thinking about getting checked more often. Yeah, and I think the Mm. current guidance is... It was 50 to 70, well, 50 upwards, and then yeah. they're trying to bring it down, essentially, which yeah. is kind of shrouded in controversy again, I guess. Before we go into that, mm. do you want to do a quick roundup of yeah, what's... the prostate? Because I know when I went to this talk, it's bad coming from me, but I was kind of like, what is it? What is this actual role again? Yeah. It's one of those things you hear about. It's like, one of those ones you get about in GCSE biology and you learn it for that one week and it goes out the window again immediately yeah. after because you don't need to worry about it, I really. I mentioned it and, and to me, being completely naive, it's, um, you know, it's thumb up your butt kind of. See, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, that's all anyone thinks of when they hear yeah, prostate, yeah. prostate exam, yeah. Yeah. thumb up your butt. Yeah. I actually did a prostate exam once. Nice, oh, mate. Really? How'd it go? Did you enjoy it? Which sounds, Giving or receiving? <laughs> giving. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, it sounds uh. worse than it is. I was I went to this thing. I'm sure you were there, David, actually. And it was a <laughs> I didn't This sounds like some weird sex party. <laughs> I no, it wasn't that, that. that was a different night. <laughs> but the um 
No, it was at some show at some science museum or something, and these blokes from a university took it along, and it was this piece of training apparatus okay. to help oh, doctors okay. learn. Okay, right. And it's this, you put on, like, it's one of these VR things, you put on the goggles, <laughs> then the cool, <laughs> and then the cool bit was that you, you put your thumb into this, like, almost it looked like a sewing thimble, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then on your, on your VR goggles... It's like you, you know, you're is putting it a male? The bum. But the the way they do it, because this is connected to all these receptors, so that it feels like that almost. And Just for everyone that can't see, Joe's miming out, <laughs> putting yeah, the thumb Joe's. off. You just bend over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically, the weirdest thing was there's a proper is, is little that, pop. As you, but, as you I, that must be so funny designing that as a VR yeah. engineer. Yeah. Um, Another question, sorry, before we get on to onto that, can women, I only ever hear about men getting it, I know Samuel Jackson is campaigning for it, can women ever get prostate cancer? Women don't have do a they, prostate. They don't have, the category do not have prostate cancer. No, so it's unlike yeah. breast cancer where men can get breast cancer. Yeah, yeah. Because we still have breasts. Men can get breast cancer. Yeah, yeah. it's very rare. But Thanks for making me feel less stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly didn't, I was, if you hadn't kicked in, I would have said it's like women with, you know, breasts. <laughs> yeah. But no, so the, the category don't right. have prostates. Donald Trump. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, the prostate yeah. gland. So it's something yeah. that you don't learn about. Well, you learn about it in school, but you don't think about it for a long very time. Big, and it's yeah. this little kind of almost walnut-sized gland, and it can be varying sizes. So as you get a bit older, it can increase a little bit, and it's just up past your rectum. So that's how you get all that. Um, that's how most people associate it I with know, the test. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it actually provides the nourishment and protection for sperm. So it adds in everything else with the sperm to make semen so it kind of it produces some enzymes and various different things to protect the sperm for on its way up and dissolving some mucus around um, the cervical membrane to kind of aid fertilization so that's its main cause and then right. yeah uh, PSA which Joe mentioned in the beginning the prostate specific antigen is a protein that's within the prostate release and that has one of those roles too so it's just one of these proteins that aids the protection and nourishment of semen of sperm within the semen oh okay alright those are two separate things yeah sperm and the semen yeah the sperm the sperm is the semen's the whole all comes together yeah, yeah. within your ball sack right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well, what's the no, scientific no, no, no. what's the scientific term <laughs> not about scientific <laughs> it doesn't end in your ball sack so it starts the sperm productions in the ball sack and then it comes round the vas deferens and then the prostates later on that and it oh, adds, then it adds the semen to it, and then it goes through the urethra. And I thought it was the bingo. other way around. Bingo. No. Bingo. <laughs> no. <laughs> B-day. Baby winner. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. You know, it does a lap, does it? Yeah. Oh. yeah. A lap of glory. Yeah. For the final <laughs> celebration. <laughs> um, okay. So that's the main purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all so right. that's the purpose. And so, yeah, so everyone has a little bit of PSA, in them at all times and you have it it's released within the vas deferens in the that system but you also have a little bit in your blood so you can detect it always a little bit but if you have a higher amount then it can be a sign of prostate cancer isn't this a slightly contentious point though in yeah. that you test a psa and it's it's almost a sign of something bad going on it's not a sign of a tumor or cancer 
There's other exactly. things that can elevate it, right? Yeah, so it can be just a sign of general stress. So if you're um, doing a lot of exercise, like cycling, which can have a little bit of pressure on the prostate, then you can get an increased amount of PSA. Mm. If you have uh, digital rectal examination, as you were saying before, that can stimulate an increase in PSA. If you've just had sex recently, then that can also increase PSA. So it's anything that kind of... Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> If it's anything that stimulates that system, then you can have it. Of which cancer or an infection or something that's a bit more, a bit worse, then uh, yeah, that can be a bad sign. Right. And this is one of the contentious points, isn't it? Right? Because, and let's go into this now. Let's tackle it. Okay. Yeah. Because obviously this story with Errol, for me, when I first heard it, it was kind of, wow, why isn't screening happening more? He saved 48 people's lives. By getting them to do screening, surely there should be more kind of awareness about people to get screening, see if they've got anything. If you're clear, happy days. If not, treat you early. It's the classic, as we discussed with Parkinson's, catch it early, treatment's much easier. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And when you look into it more, there's so much contention around it. And one of them is the the test itself. So if we, for instance, we were comparing it to breast cancer, right? Yeah. I don't know exactly what you're testing for in breast cancer, but it's more, it's a much more reliable test. Yeah. I think, which is why there's a screening program. Women over the ages of similar ages, isn't it? Yeah. Forty seven, so. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's post menopause a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they get checked up every three years for, for mm. breast cancer. Why is there this screening program in place, but not for prostate cancer? Mm. I think the PSA thing is one of it one yeah. of the reasons why um and then one of the things i was reading really recently interestingly was this recent study in the uk mm-hmm. that looked at just your one-off psa testing which is kind of what errol's talking about where you go in you get a psa test and the effects that actually has on reducing death in prostate and david i'll let you explain it properly but it's it's not ideal no. So this was a study done recently, a 10-year study called the PROTECT study. And it was looking at the effect of screening using PSA and what would happen to those patients with screening and without screening. And after these 10 years, they looked at the amount of people that died in both arms of the study. And it was a very similar amount between mm. both. So whether you had the screening or not didn't really affect your outcome. But if you did have the screening... You, they detected more people with prostate cancer. So people were kind of, they had the knowledge of what they had, but it didn't make any difference in the end to their outcome. Right. And also detected more um, uh, metastases, so when the prostate cancer would start spreading. But again, the bottom line is that there was no worse outcome in prostate cancer-related deaths or any cause of death at the end. So having this extra knowledge didn't actually help the bottom line of healthcare was living another day which is nuts and i saw this infographic on cancer research um which pretty much summarizes it in an equally damning way and it essentially says if you take a thousand men aged 45 to 80 without any symptoms thousand men and then it says without screening 68 will be diagnosed with screening 88 will be diagnosed okay so 68 versus 88 in both, seven will die of prostate cancer. Okay. So as David's saying, the death, you haven't saved any lives, essentially. Yeah. And then it says, without screening, 61 of the 68 will be treated and survive their cancer. 
whereas with screening, 81 will be treated and survive their cancer. So that sounds more positive. Mm. But essentially, Marginal. in that, in that yeah. screening side, the difference is 61 to 80, so 20. And what the infographic says is 20 of the 81, so the difference, will be overdiagnosed. These are cancers that would never have caused any harm and you're treating unnecessarily. And then it says, due to screening, no lives will be saved and around 20 men will be diagnosed with cancers that would not have caused them any harm. Mm. Which, to find that on a cancer research website, I was astonished. Yeah, so the increased detection you're getting is completely nullified by all these false positives and people that will then be living life thinking that they've got, well, that they have got cancer, but this cancer is probably not going to do anything. What would you say, what would your conclusion be from that? Well, worth acknowledging is, does this imply that the NHS has a tendency to, or private healthcare, have, has a tendency to treat people even when they don't really need to be treated? Well, in this case, it's just that they've identified this cancerous tissue, but at this point in time, technology, medical-wise, there's no way to tell if it's an aggressive tumour mm-hmm. that's going to kill you or it's a benign tumour. Yeah. So it's more of a risk-averse strategy than anything else, that there's a chance right, of it happening. Right, I'm with you. So they think, okay. And it's, it's always the patient's choice in the end. So yeah. they'll be get faced, they'll get this diagnosis, and it will be a very hard decision to make because you don't know what it means. It comes with the label of cancer, which is a heavy label to have, and you yeah. do it immediately kind of will make you depressed and you think, I've got to carry this around with me. So you want to feel like you've got to do something about it, mm. even though looking at the numbers says, actually, maybe you don't need to do anything about it. And you could argue, looking at those numbers, that because for me, that's it. those numbers seem a bit bizarre anyway, because fine, it says you're not saving any lives, but you're diagnosing more. You would have thought there'd be a few more, even if it's a lot more of the... You found it, but it doesn't matter. You think there'd be a couple where you'd save the lives. Mm. But the point is, and I guess the argument you could make is that, fine, if you diagnose more people and you you get that diagnosis and you treat them, even if it wasn't going to kill them, if you've, if you've caught those few ones and saved their lives, then it's worth it. Yeah. Right? But then the argument is, actually, if you're treating people unnecessarily the side effects of the mm. treatment are pretty severe. Yeah. And the quality, the effect on quality of life is pretty severe. Yeah. And this is the moral argument. Is it worth putting that many people through bad quality of life to save that one person? Yeah, we've got to remember the, these are cancer treatments. So these are pretty heavy-going treatments. and They're not yeah. very specific at all to hitting cancerous cells versus healthy cells. You know, You've got radiation therapy, as you said. There's chemotherapy. There's cryotherapy where you can freeze the prostate or parts of the prostate to kill the cells, which you're also going to get some healthy ones. And all these things, as we were saying before, what the prostate gland does, it's very important to a lot of people's daily well-being in life. I mean, you have erection problems. You can have libido problems. And some of the other treatments are hormone uh, therapy where you can reduce the amount of testosterone. So... It can uh, it can take away the very essence of manliness yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah. So you can get muscle wastage, you can get breast enlargement and all these different things. Wow. And it might be for no reason at all. It's like when you hear about women who have it the other way around. Yeah. Testosterone mm. levels go up and they start growing hair on their face and stuff. It's, 
essentially the opposite for the man, isn't it? Yeah, and it can be mm. a huge psychological burden. Yeah. But it's just, it's, I suppose it's completely um, ruining the balance, isn't it? For mm. many things, yeah. But then you can't, because it goes one of two ways. You catch them and they don't know what to do, so then you can go through surveillance, so they keep checking up on them. But then it's the psychological burden of, in the back of your mind, you've got a test coming up in a month or so. Oh, God, is it going to be worse this time? What's going to happen? That constant thought in the back of your mind. Or let's go for treatment. And, you know, for me, the worst one's the incont- incontinence one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these grown men wearing nappies, yeah. walking yeah. around. Like, mm. Imagine that. Yeah. That's I mean, the sex side of it's bad enough, but that's worse, surely. Yeah. Um, so there's two sides of it. But you look at that, and then you look at what's actually going on and there's a wave of enthusiasm from the media, from the public because of stories like Errol's, because of stories like Stephen Fry's, because of stories like Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Mm. So these celebrity endorsements where they catch it, they treat it, they save a life. One for the boys, that's what it's called. One for the boys, mm. yeah, yeah. And they see you see them on... Um, match of the day and stuff like that the little badge yeah, yeah it's just a, an outline of a man essentially oh, yeah. oh yes raising yeah. awareness and obviously the awareness and then people go to their websites and the messages get screened which is a, it's, it's a worthy message yeah yeah we're definitely yeah. not trying to damn that message at all because it's it's an important message but i think the thing is yeah we're mainly been talking about psa screening at the moment so the, you definitely should get screened for cancers and different ailments, and especially prostate cancer. But PSA screening, the current technology, doesn't have the accuracy and the specificity to determine whether it's going to be any danger or not. But mm. that's hopefully going to change soon. Yeah, and there's there's even I don't know if you saw, but you see, recently, it was even maybe I think it was February this year. It's quite a lot of articles came out. I think the Sun, the Daily Mail, the Telegraph, like all the casuals about these big headlines about NHS one-stop shop for prostate cancer. And I think this was the knock-on effect of all these campaigns, awareness campaigns. Before, in the NHS, you'd go and get your PSA blood test, and if that flagged something, it could then be between four and six weeks for the follow-up biopsy. So the biopsy, I mean, you can explain Yeah, you're just taking a little bit of the tissue from the prostate and then examining that to see whether they've got any cancerous cells in there. But again, this is it's another layer of information above the PSA test, but it's certainly not watertight because the prostate's a whole tissue. You'll be taking a few samples from different places, and you might completely miss where the cancer is, yeah. if it is there. And even if you do hit the cancer, you don't know whether it's just benign or actually something that's going to be aggressive and cause you harm. Yeah. I still don't know. And the, the thing with this one-stop shop was that so you get normally you get PSA level four to six weeks for a biopsy. This one-stop shop is the idea that you go to, they're trialling it in three hospitals in London, I think. The idea is you go there, you know, in the morning, get your PSA test. If it says all clear, happy days, off you go. If it says that something is a bit high, then they get you straight in for a biopsy. And it's not, it's a, it's a new technology. It's like fusion biopsy, mm. special kind of MRI. So they take an MRI and an ultrasound and build this 3D map of your prostate. Pretty cool technology. Mm. And they can kind of identify what looks like 
cancerous tissue mm-hmm. and then use that to pinpoint the biopsies. Yeah. Okay. So take samples from areas that look like they might be cancerous. Mm. So it's a lot more, I think it's 98% accurate in wow. terms of finding cancerous tissue. However, and you do it all, don't you, with your VR headset, mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm diagnosing everything. Bend over, boys. <laughs> and then, but, but bottom line is, you they found a cancerous tissue, tissue, but they still cannot tell you if it's aggressive or benign. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And again, that comes back to how you have the PSA test at the moment. You need to take it over a set amount of time to see whether things are changing or not, whether it's just staying as it is. And I, th- and I think, I feel like the, that kind of, the way NHS is going down that route, because that one-stop shop thing is amazing. Because mm. if we're talking about psychological burden... At least you're not waiting four to six weeks for the biopsy. Yeah, you get it all course, at once, yeah. and then you get them. the idea with that. I think is you get the all clear straight away. Bloody Don't hell. have to worry I had anymore. A sexual health test like, late last year, and that was bad enough for me. Like <laughs> you know, you're you're you know you're fine, but you're still worried. Mm, it's the unknown, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's I suppose human, four to six weeks waiting on a cancer is not. It's human nature. You get that little niggling thought in the back of your mind, and mm. it builds and it builds, and yeah. Actually, I I testicular cancer test once as well and again like pretty sure it's fine but there was a doubt there and it was mm. pretty unpleasant yeah, wait and over yeah. four six weeks the doubt builds but it's not only that it's your if you do have a positive result then you're starting treatment six weeks earlier which is also a crucial thing for cancer yeah, especially yeah. if it's an aggressive one yeah of course earlier the better isn't it so I think there's no doubt the one stop shop thing is fantastic it's just still the question of, I think when you hear the the experts speak, it's all about, yeah, okay, the screening, we need to do it, but it's not the end result. And what they're all thinking about is how can we move forward and find the differences between an aggressive tumour and a benign tumour mm-hmm. is basically, I feel like, where we're at. Mm. Is that's the key step. Yeah. You can find all these people, but to save lives... You need that's to know which need. ones are worth treating, what's a cancer that needs attacking and which ones aren't. Exactly. And I think there's one... Well, there's a few studies going on at the moment, isn't there? But there's one we were looking at the other day yeah. about metabolic profiling. Yeah. So this is looking at what the cancer is actually doing within the prostate. So all cells uh, metabolize, and that means they're kind of taking their... Uh, spreading or growing or they're kind of having some activity so every every living cell metabolizes and they produce proteins from this uh, metabolic process so this metabolic screening is looking at the different proteins your prostate's producing and they compared them from healthy uh, people so ones without prostate cancer and then ones people with different stages of prostate cancer whether it's stayed within the prostate or advanced out elsewhere and they actually managed to group these different proteins that are being produced very well into what people that have prostate cancer or don't have prostate cancer and ones that have spread. So you can actually build up a picture from all these different levels of proteins being produced on whether your cancer might be growing or developing in an aggressive manner and whether it needs treating or not. So a possible avenue. So it's a possible avenue, yeah, for differentiating between these. Yeah, but the study was only, I think, 80 patients or something. So this is very preliminary stuff, but it's a light. It's a chance. Just a, uh, just a side thought here. Would our uh, would our girl Joy Milne be able to help? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's so I had two thoughts when you first <laughs> when you first started that story, and you said Errol, uh, 
And you said, <laughs> it's a okay. partnership made in heaven. It, it, it is, right. So, so you said, Errol and I was very close, but it would have been quite insensitive to cracking a joke about how these people walked into his car garage and, and what he could smell, their prostates. For, <laughs> for, I mean, that would that would be hilarious. It would just be like the scent super squad, wouldn't it? In, in um, and then the second part was, was I, I, I only ever, I've only ever known one person called Errol in my life. And he was this mental old man who lived next door to us. And I can't remember what his wife was called, but it was something which was also like a very generic old person's name. And, uh, and they just used to get drunk out of their minds. Every day. Really? All Dust day. Dust till dawn. Dust till dawn. Especially in the summertime. And uh, in the summertime, it would just be more obvious because they'd spend more time outside. And um, my granddad came and stayed once. And um, uh, and he put the bonfire on at the back of our garden. And it, it got really out of control. And so my dad and him were desperately trying to control this fire. And it was just billowing everywhere. Uh, and next thing I know is um, uh, there's just this pissed old man running sprinting down the garden next door in his underwear <laughs> just like there's a fire is there a fire is there a fire and they're like don't worry Earl, it's okay and he was just so drunk that he was overreacting a lot but there, there was a, a hell of a lot of smoke but the image of this this old man sprinting down the garden in his underwear they were like <laughs> old, stays with you. old men underwear as well he yeah. now owns a garage in hackney yeah yeah, yeah and he can smell prostates no, no, yeah. definitely that's a different person just to come <laughs> yeah i don't think that's him he definitely wasn't afro-caribbean <laughs> but no that's an so, interesting tale <laughs> so, so that, that's, that, that is an interesting tale yeah um, I have a question it, do, I don't know if you guys know the answer what is how does prostate cancer rank on the you know say the top killing cancers for men the interesting the, the interesting thing for me with prostate cancer and this is kind of part of the problem in terms of it's difficult to answer in terms of where it ranks with men versus kind of what kind of is it the biggest killer, which I guess is the main question, bottom line, death, right? Mm. And they say with prostate cancer that it's something you die with, not something you die of. Okay. Which is part of the problem with the mm. screening. And they say the majority of men will die with some cancerous tissue in their prostate, but it won't mean anything. Mm. But having said that, it's now, I think, kill is it 11,000? 11, 11,800 people a year in the UK. Yeah, really. Which is just a little bit more than breast cancer. Yeah, so it's overtaken really? breast cancer. Yeah. I mean, if you think about... So 11,800 people, there's 10 million people in London, which makes it seem like a relatively known, low number. But five degrees of separation, is that just that's over 200,000 people. Like, it's quite... It's quite. Mm. It's a significant close to number. home in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It is a massive, massive number. Mm. And if you think put put it into perspective perspective of other diseases, right? So you normally clump cancers together, mm. but in the whole hierarchy, Alzheimer's is the top killer. Okay. Alzheimer's mm. essentially will end up killing everyone, and there's eight hundred thousand people in the UK with Alzheimer's. Mm. Then it's cardiac disease. Mm. I can't remember the numbers. Then I think it's cancer. That's lumping them together. Prostate cancer means third one. No, just no, all cancers. Oh, just cancers. Oh, sorry. Right. Um, but within that, eleven thousand eight hundred for one specific type is pretty high. I don't know where it ranks against the others, to be honest. But it's it's a lot of people. Uh, yeah. It's affecting. Yeah, that's the point that you were making. That it's everyone. Well, a lot of men will die with it. 
but still and not many people die because of it but it's still enough to cause concern and need treatment yeah so you think if you're thinking about that stat in terms of if you take a thousand people seven die of it so if we're saying eleven thousand eight hundred die of it how many people have it and are worried about it essentially you know roughly 10 times yeah that number. yeah mm. so that is then that is a considerable number of people mm. but yeah it's a, it's an interesting one and the interesting one about you say it was slightly more it's now slightly more than breast cancer that didn't used to be the case but breast cancer death rate has been has gone down by 10 percent supposedly due to their screening program mm. which is <laughs> an interesting point isn't it yeah, mm. it's something that shouldn't be taken the wrong way, yeah. after, especially after this discussion that we've had, that just because you increase screening doesn't mean you're doing more good than harm. But it's also, don't not do it. Yeah, I think <laughs> well, the bottom line is do the screening, Yeah, but have an appointment with your doctor and talk openly with your doctor about it because there's other risk factors you can take into account from it. You can get these other tests, as you said, the MRI tests, and then you can make... A conscious informed decision yourself whether you want to do this watchful waiting and see whether it progresses or whether you feel like you can your lifestyle might be okay so that you can take on some of these side effects and it'd be worth it rather than having this burden or black cloud of cancer hanging over you and hopefully we well, you know modern medicine technology give it a few years metabolic profiling yeah they'll find a way they'll find a way yeah and with that I think it will end with our new feature, <laughs> Rob's Roundup. Rob's Probably need to Roundup. work on the name, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a summary, Rob. What's your take-home message? What's What's your thoughts? Um, I think that increasing awareness is an incredi- incredibly positive thing, regardless of, of the topic. You know, I know that this is a, a conversation that's rife, I'd say, mental health big on raising awareness prostate cancer clearly big on raising awareness i think it's great to have certain role models like samuel jackson and other people getting involved i do say we're coming from the screening um debate it's kind of a can appear i imagine like a catch-22 i think that my my take home from it would probably be that it's it's an it's definitely worth making sure you get yourself checked isn't it question then yeah to make it Personal, I guess. Yeah. How old's how old's your dad? Uh, fifty six, fifty seven. So, would following this, would you go and say to your dad, you should get screened for prostate cancer? I'm afraid I'm going to contradict that because I'm fairly sure he got checked last year. <laughs> okay, that doesn't um, work. <laughs> but but let's assume he didn't. I told I would, to. I would. I would. Yeah, definitely. I would, and I would explain. I would explain what you guys have told mm-hmm. me today, um, and hope that you know. You trust your doctor enough to trust their opinion and know the risks versus the benefits. And perhaps, if it's possible, to keep an eye or maybe get more regular checks if you know that, say, it is there, but you're not sure if it's worth worth getting analysed. And, and definitely, you know, cross my fingers that when we get to that point, the technology is, is, is more accurate rather than it does kind of feel like it's... Um, this is probably not a great... Um, analogy to use but going in blind a bit um, <laughs> like now with, I suppose it's based on a kind of a prediction isn't it 
And just to reassure the listeners, uh, Mr. Littlewood was oh, yeah. giving the all clear. Yeah, he was giving the all clear. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. You had me on tenterhooks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's he building this to? This is too much. Yeah, he, I think he, 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 he went, went in, in depth on, on the description. It's, it's not difficult to make light humour out of something to do with, with your bottom, is it? Um, well, you could argue it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would encourage people to go get checked. I think it's very important. Cool. Yeah. I think that's good note to end on yeah yeah so uh, and so to our listeners go and get yourself checked make sure you take into account um the well-rounded conversation that we've had about it now you can make an educated and slightly humorous decision <laughs> yeah around your bottom parts <laughs> <laughs> and there we will leave it shout out errol yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a lovely cracking bloke i bet um yeah i'll leave it there thanks again for listening thanks for having we us we'll be back cheerio folks cheerio indeed <laughs> Sick, so sick, so sick of hell.